2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radios iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
3: this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host Bebethay, on v the sports betting network
4: It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VC Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi and Bebefe alongside Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we've made it. I know everyone talks about the holidays, and I love the holidays, but this, my friend, the most wonderful time of the year. Happy NFL playoffs to you.
5: Yeah, happy to you, too, Femi. No four-game Femi this week, right? No four-game. You got it's, one at a time. You can kind of go through it methodically, yeah. right? Standalone Femi is overdoing we're doing. Standalone play- <laughs> Femi, that's right. You know, Get some wings going, you know, <laughs> get the whole get the whole appetizer plate going. Yeah, you'll yeah. be in good shape, man.
4: We're doing nachos tonight. That's so, what the plan is. So not, not the wings. We'll do the nachos. Hopefully that it, it holds up well with me. You know, we get up we get up there in age. Sometimes these things don't hold up very well, but uh, we'll, we'll do the nachos, and that'll be a whole lot of fun. We do have a fun show planned for you guys here over the next two hours, 45 minutes from now. The great John McClain, Texans reporter down in Houston, now at Sports Radio 610. He'll join us to break down this Browns-Texans game. That is the game that kicks off. Super Wild Card Weekend. And then in our number two, 11.15 Eastern Time, 8.15 West Coast Time, Todd Lebo, chief reporter for Sports Radio 810. The Freezer Bowl at Arrowhead coming up later on tonight between the Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll break that down with Todd Lebo at 11.15 Eastern. Then at 11.30 Eastern, our buddy Matt Humans, host of VEASAN tonight and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast will give us his NFL plays in his usual time slot at 11.30 here, Michael. But Super Wild Card Weekend is here. We'll get into all six of the game there's actually breaking news for the availability of one star player in monday's game that we just saw moments ago here but let's start with the the two men who are replacing the two icons in the world of football starting in new england to where 24 hours after we heard that bill belichick and the new england patriots were mutually parting ways the patriots went ahead and hired the coach in waiting gerard mayo to take over as the new head coach yeah. I mean, I think this was all planned. Obviously, that's why they did not have to go
5: through the protocols set up by the league office as it relates to the Rooney rule. So with a succession plan in place, they were able to elevate Gerard, Gerard Mayo and and move on and, and start their start their actually recreating the organization around what they need to do. Uh, They'll certainly, you know, need. they're going to go search for another general manager or call him a vice president of player personnel. But what I think you're going to see now is you're going to see a more collaborative effort. Because it's not fair for Mayo. He's not going to be able to replace Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. and all the things that Bill Belichick did within that building that I'm not sure everybody even knows all the things he did. So once he leaves, then all of a sudden – it becomes a different game and mayo can focus just on the coaching and i'm sure jonathan craft and all the other people in the front office will take on significant different roles within the organization so they start anew you know he's got a lot of a lot of confidence a lot of confidence from the players and he just has to be himself because there's no one on planet earth that's going to replace the greatest mm-hmm. coach of all time
4: yeah, Gerard Mayo will now be the youngest head coach in the NFL, barring any other hirings that we see the rest of this coaching cycle. 37 years old, obviously played eight years for the New England Patriots, a former first round pick out of Tennessee. And I mean, we haven't heard much from Gerard Mayo. I mean, like because like, oftentimes we don't hear any of the assistants speak in New England when Bill Belichick was there. I mean, like what kind of person is he? Because I'm sure you've been around Gerard Mayo in the past and kind of have at least a bit more of a familiarity than we do on the outside. Like what are the New England Patriots getting as a head coach here?
5: Well, I, I think they're getting a motivational guy, guy that really connects with the players. He was when he was a player. You know, he was a first round pick out of t- from uh, from Tennessee for Coach Belichick, and he's always been a leader of the play of the defensive unit. Mm-hmm. He's always been a team captain. And he has the ability to get people to follow him, motivate them. And I think that's going to be his role. You know, he's, he's coached the defense along with Stephen Belichick. So I'm sure he's going to have a hand in that. But he's going to have to hire an offensive staff, whether he keeps Bill O'Brien or not, I don't know. O'Brien signed a three-year contract last year to go there, whether he stays or not, or they recreate the offense. But I think what you're going to get is a, a head coach who is going to control the game, Going to be part in charge of game management and Mm -hmm.
4: allow the offensive and the defensive coaches to do their jobs. Would you anticipate big changes on the defensive staff here, or is it going to be kind of more of a.? Okay, Uh, yeah, you would have. Okay. Yeah,
5: I definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, Coach Belichick and Steven and Brian, his two sons, you know, are are going to have to change jobs now and move to leave the organization, which I'm sure is very hard for all of them. You know, they've been there a long time, they grew up there. And mm-hmm. so, but, you know, changing involves just not Coach Bill. It involves the family as well. So it when Bill goes and takes another job somewhere else, I'm sure that, that you know, they'll join him in that pursuit of recreating his another team and trying to help another team win a Super Bowl. So, you know, the defensive staff, some elements may stay in place, but I think Mayo will bring in all of his own people, which he's entitled to do. You know, this is going to be a new-look Patriot way, if you will, and that Patriot way will have the foundation and the roots that were established over 24 years by Coach Belichick. But they have to have their own spin on them by Mayo. Mayo just can't, mm. you know, copy and paste what Bill did. He's got to be his own man, which he really is. I mean, he's one of those guys like Vrabel, you know, that, or, and some other of the coaches that have been there, Brian Flores, that takes what Bill does well and then spins it into his own way.
4: Yeah, which is what you have to do. You can't just try to imitate what the greatest head coach did of all time. Like, you're never going to be able to do that because you're just not him. Uh, Speaking of Bill Belichick, DraftKings has the market up. Where will Bill Belichick be coaching next season? What his next team will be? And right now, the favorite in that market, I believe, has flipped. Now the favorite is no NFL team at plus 120. The Atlanta Falcons plus 200. Chargers, eight to one. Commanders, 12 to one. Titans, 13 to one. Panthers, 35. Giants, 60. Jets, Saints, 75. And then the field is at plus 400. Maybe one of these teams that currently has a head coach but has not quite yet made a change. I I find that interesting that no NFL team has now become the favorite. Like That, that to me, based on watching the presser a couple days ago, I'd be surprised if he's not coaching in 2024
5: yeah well i think you know let's go over the list put the graphic back up Elliot. i think when you look at the graphic people are just doing it by process of elimination right Mm -hmm. so you know the commanders hired adam peters to be their president of football operations and he'll go out and hire a coach a lot of people suspect it could be ben johnson in that job Mm -hmm. right and so the chargers have jim harbaugh coming in for an interview now here's what i do know if jim harbaugh is going for an interview he either has the job or there's a couple things that have to get worked out for him to take the job. Like this isn't going to be one of those where let's get to know each other, right? Mm. That, that's all handled behind the scenes. So if Harbaugh's is actually going to the Chargers, it to me seems like that's probably, let's call it 90% complete. And I want to say he's got the job, but mm. usually when this happens, when you go for the interview, and you've just won a national championship, it's pretty much your job. So I think that eliminates them. We don't know what's going on in Carolina. They're still interviewing general manager candidates in Carolina. You know, the Bears have shown no interest in terms of making a move. You know, it's interesting. The Panthers, we don't know what they're going to do. So I I think there's a lot of uncertainty. But to me, Harbaugh at the Chargers – is the logical place. I would rule out the Raiders. We just saw a report come out today that Max Crosby would seek a trade if they don't hire Antonio Pierce. I think Mark Davis has backed himself to where an Antonio Pierce has earned it where he has to be the head coach or else the players are going to have a hard time. I don't think anybody wants to come into that building. Uh, and try to replace Mm -hmm. Antonio Pierce with such animosity towards them because they love Pierce so much. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to keep Champ Kelly. I think there could be a different general manager, but I definitely think Pierce has got the Raider
4: job. Yeah, no, it, it definitely feels that way. Adam Schefter reporting earlier that Pierce is kind of the the the, the um, as emerged as the leading candidate. However, the Raiders haven't conducted any head coaching interviews. Which can you walk us through that there? Because they've had the opening the longest. They're like they, they they dismissed McDaniel, I believe it was Halloween or around that time, and they have yet to request anybody to interview as a head coach. Is that because they're just getting the ducks in a row to go ahead and give this thing to Antonio Pierce? Or because Pierce right now no. is he's in Nashville interviewing with the Titans for their head coaching job? Right. Like, well, that's great. For, and and that's really good leverage for Pierce. I mean, that's yeah. smart, right? He goes there and he wants the Raider
5: job, but why not take an interview? He's got a resume of wins, right? How many yeah. people walk into a building with a resume of wins? So that's a great thing for him. Whereas I think what the Raiders are trying to do is, okay, let's go through the GM. And then once we hire the GM, let him sit in on these interviews and we'll talk to all the coaches so that we have connectivity between the head coach and the Antonio Pierce so or whoever else we hire and I think that's the process that they're using currently and Let's be clear. You know, I think it's going to
4: take an upset of epic proportions to Mm -hmm. take Pierce out of that job Yeah, that's what in the report that Adam Schefter put out there, he said that his source said that he would be pretty surprised if it's not Antonio Pierce. Max Crosby tweeting yesterday, hashtag higher AP like we've heard uh, uh, Devontae Adams before week 18 was saying that AP's got his vote. The big name marquee players for the Raiders have fully endorsed Antonio Pierce. And that's where it appears that this thing is headed for the Las Vegas Raiders. Real quick on the Harbaugh note, you said that. Obviously, you would anticipate that he probably goes to the Chargers. If he's going to interview there, this is not a get-to-know-you. This is a let's work some things out then ultimately come to an agreement. Right now at DraftKings, he's plus 300 to go to the Chargers as his next team.
5: I would definitely take pizza money and put it on that. I think that that would be a good play to make. Because, look, the, the one thing I do know, there's so much that the media doesn't know what happens behind the scenes in these coaching hires. And we know that the Chargers have interviewed not in-person interviews, but they have interviewed minority candidates, which then allows them if they want to hire Harbaugh and they don't like either of the minority candidates that they've interviewed, they can go ahead and do it. You do not have to interview a coach who's currently in the league. You can interview Leslie Frazier, who's available right now. You can interview David mm-hmm. Shaw, who's available. He of the former Stanford coach. So if they do that, they don't like either one of those guys. Now they have cleared the Rooney rule, and they can hire Harbaugh. Um, and they got to get to – they have to get to know him in person, but I think there's been a lot of conversations between Ed McGuire, the Spanos family and Harbaugh's agent Don Yee to understand exactly what it's going to take to get Jim Harbaugh, right? It's like a player. You don't get on the airplane to go there unless you don't, you, if you don't understand the parameters of a contract. Yeah,
4: but Michigan's not going to make it easy either. The reports are that Michigan is trying to put a package together to retain Harbaugh, no NFL team was plus 700. Now it's odds on, but you're saying that chargers seems to be likely there at plus 300. Well, I talk about the guy who's replacing Nick Saban. That's Kalen DeBoer next here on the Lombardi line.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael
5: Lombardi. Now here is your host, Tommy O'Baffey, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Vegas. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Vegas, the crown is yours. Michael Lombardi, Femi and Bebe Fay here. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Super wild card Saturday here. We got two games in the AFC. The first one between the Browns and the Texans. And to help us break this game down, legendary sports writer in the city of Houston, John McClain joins us now Now over at Sports Radio 610 here. John, we appreciate you taking the time here this morning to speak with us before today's game. Uh, how much, if anything, do you think that we could take away from the Week 16 game when these two teams played, Browns winning that one 36-22?
7: And that that score was not indicative of how lopsided that game was. Texans playing with Case Keenum, they were awful. Then they went mop-up duty with Davis Mills, so it was 36-22. Very well could have been 36-7. to But C.J. Stroud's playing. They had some injured guys. They didn't play. Will Anderson, Jr., their best linebacker, Blake Cashman. They've got those guys back. Jonathan Gordard, their best pass rusher, went out in the first quarter, hasn't played since, is going to try to play today, I believe. So they'll have more players. But the fact is, Flacco has been an even better playoff quarterback than he has been in regular season. And he's got all that experience and the Browns got the best defense in the league. So I think it'll be a lot closer, but I think the Browns will win the game.
5: John, what is the health of the receivers for Houston? I know that, you know, they really, you know, they they hit with Tank Dell, but now he's on IR, but you know, Noah Brown, Nico Collins, are they healthier at wide receiver now? They are, Mike. One of the things is uh, Collins has been getting a lot of attention, but he still played very,
7: very well. He's in a line for an extension, and uh, he's going to make a lot of money here. In the last game, of course, Tank Dell's been out for four weeks. They didn't have Noah Brown. They didn't have Robert Woods, and they didn't have anything else. Uh, John Mackey and a rookie, Xavier Hutchinson, they didn't step up and they had to use tight end Dalton Schultz a lot. And there's nothing bad comes from that because Schultz has been terrific, but I believe Woods is going to play today. Not sure about Noah Brown, uh, but uh he's used, uh, Stroud is used to not having a full complement of receivers. Even when Tank Dell was healthy, the others were going out. And that's one of the most impressive things about his performance. And even Collins missed a game earlier, but no matter who he's got in there, he's still been able to function at a pretty impressive capacity.
4: We're speaking with John McClain, Texans reporter and columnist down there in Houston, also over at Sports Radio 610 in Houston. You mentioned C.J. Stroud. He's used to playing with uh, not the full complement of weapons, but just in terms of Stroud and his makeup here, has it been anything like you've covered in that Houston area, but at least with the Texans organization? Because when we watch him on the outside, it feels like the guy is unflappable. How do you think he'll do in his first playoff game here in his career? The
7: last quarterback I've covered in Houston Whose Stroud reminds me of was Warren Moon, who was a rookie in 1984. They have similar personalities, very cool, laid back. They don't get rattled, no matter if they're getting hit they're getting pressure, or they don't see the coverage they want. And Moon, as Mike knows, threw a great pass, just a perfect oh spiral. And, and I think Stroud throws the same, same kind of ball, and that's one reason he's been so successful. But sometimes he's so
5: cool, you have to take his pulse to make sure he's still alive when he <laughs> comes in in the mornings. Yeah, I mean, Warren Moon threw for 28 miles of yards in his NFL career. I mean, there wasn't a prettier pass than this guy threw and his timing, you know, and his ability to run that run and shoot when we weren't playing for. But, you know, John can give you the the litany of how great that Houston Oilers team was. John, this game features two teams that are highly penalized. You know, the Texans are fifth in the league with 132 penalties. The Browns are are the most penalized team in the league with 138. Do you feel like the the Texans are are going to be able to correct all their mistakes that they seem to make? Because in the first game, a lot of person, a lot of of un, unsolicited errors were made. They got behind in the down and distance count, which really favored the Browns' defense.
7: Well, first they need to get left tackle Laramie Tunsil's two false starts out of the way mm. in the first series, because Tunsil has more <laughs> false starts than anybody I've ever seen. One of the issues up front, and they said they're their season high at Indianapolis in that uh, game last Saturday. Um, They have a lot in the offensive line. And one reason they have started uh, three left tackles, four left guards, four centers, one right guard, Shaq Mason, and then three right tackles. They've just been unable to get much continuity in their offensive line because of injuries. And, 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 it's amazing how many times those guys jump, even when it's at home. So if they could just get rid of the false start penalties, that would reduce them considerably. But, you know, they're trying to get a jump on Zer- uh, Miles Garrett and Jerry Smith who had two sacks in that last game. So I suspect we're going to have two or three.
4: John, for the Texans to win, does this need to be a higher scoring game or a lower scoring game in your opinion?
7: I would think if they could have some a higher scoring game against that Cleveland defense which I don't see but if I think that would give them their best chance. They're not a defensive team. They give up a lot of yards down the field because their safeties, they lost of their top four safeties beginning the season, only one's still around. The others are on IR, so they've sent them off the street. And as Flacco demonstrated on the first play of the first game when he threw for a uh, 53-yard completion and then of course he threw for 368 overall the best way to attack them is down the field Derek Stingley Jr. their corner is playing great and the other corners are playing okay but the safeties just struggle when they've got to cover and that's not good and I expect Flacco to come out and throw deep on them again until they prove
5: they can stop it. Yeah, and Joku is going to be a big player here. I would take his over. John, I know you're wired to the Tennessee organization as well, uh, having been through the Bud Adams regime in Houston, now Amy running the team. The, the word out there is that Bobby Slovic, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, is could be a leading candidate. Have you heard that as well? Oh yeah, they they requested permission.
7: Washington requested permission before Adam Peters ever got the job. Both of those guys worked with Bobby Sloick for six years in San Francisco, and Bobby is has done a really good job here. Bobby is thirty six, looks. 26 and thinks 56. He's very smart. (laughs) As you know, his dad was coordinator for four teams, and Kyle Sanahan has always spoken so highly of him because Bobby started with Washington under Mike Shanahan, and Kyle, of course, was there. So I, I kind of think that he's going to be like Ben Johnson, D'Amico Rines, Kevin O'Connell, a guy who's getting interviews, but might say, I need a second year as a coordinator and a play caller before I make that jump. Because you got to figure with C.J. Stroud, they're still going to be good. And uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't wait another year, after, especially after he sees his success. Ryans and O'Connell have had going back, even though Kevin was not the play caller, and Ben Johnson came back a second year. Now, the Lions are even better, so he'll get a head coaching job. I talked to Kyle Shanahan yesterday to do a column about he and D'Amico, Sloan and D'Amico, based on everything Kyle had told me after they were hired, and it's happened. And Sloan's going to get a job. It's not a matter if, but when. And I guarantee you, Texans would
4: much rather see him in Washington than Nashville. (laughs) That's for sure. You don't want him in the division there in the AFC South. It's an ascending Houston Texans organization. Feels like they're sort of playing with house money today against the Cleveland Browns. He is John McClain, legendary sports writer over in the city of Houston. Texans reporter columnist now over at Sports Radio 610. John, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game later on today. And thanks for joining us. You guys, thank you it's John my pleasure thank you very much I appreciate it awesome stuff there he's from the best. great John McClain wired in he as really he said. is
5: he really is John is wired as anybody he can tell you the history of the Houston Oilers and now the Texans and he's got his pulse on the team does a great job he's you know he kind of does he reports the story as the story's unfolding and you respect yeah. the hell out
4: of him I've known John a long time always been very good in those areas yeah no he's, he's fantastic at McLean underscore on underscore the NFL on Twitter is where you can find John McClain there. How about what do you think the comparison CJ Stroud to Warren moon? That's some high praise there. Warren moon, of course, a hall of fame quarterback.
5: Right. But remember Warren went, had to go to Canada. Yep. You know, Warren went up to Edmonton and played up there and then he kind of got, got caught. He got into uh, I write about it in my book, football done right. He, he then became a really high priced free agent when there wasn't free agency. And, and the, the the Oilers were able to win that one. That was a huge get for the Oilers. And then they were able to
4: develop this run-and-shoot offense, which changed the trajectory of the passing game in the National Football League. Like you said, one of the prettiest balls in National Football League history, Warren Mood would throw. All right, that does it for hour number one. Hour number two, we'll begin at breaking down this Browns-Texan game more in depth, and we'll get to the big injury news in Monday night's game as well here on the Lombardi Live.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host,
5: Timmy Ababafei, on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Looking for a betting edge through the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl? The Veasan experts have you covered. Become a Veasan Pro subscriber today and get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which Veasan expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24/7 video access. Sign up today, get your first 30 days only $9.99, and see everything Veasan has to up your betting game. That's Veasan.com/slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi, super wild card Saturday. And we got a fun one tonight between the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs. And to help us break it down, we bring in Chiefs reporter over at Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City, the one and only Todd Lebo joining us here on the Lombardi line. Todd, we appreciate you joining us this morning here. And a lot this week has been made about the weather conditions and can the Miami Dolphins handle four below at kickoff? But my question to you is, can the Kansas City Chiefs handle this kind of elements that we'll See you later on tonight.
3: <laughs> it's going to be cold, guys. I mean, it's like one degree here right now. Uh, <laughs> the sun will be down. It's going to be minus regular temperature. It's pretty windy, so they're talking about you know wind chills in the minus twenty or so. I don't care who you are, where you're from, whatever you've done in your life. It's going to be cold. There's no question about it. now. The Chiefs did practice outside. Two days this week, Uh, there was about six inches of snow here on Tuesday. That's not going to be an issue on the field or anything. That's all gone, all out of the parking lots, all that stuff. But they they practiced when it was 30 degrees. It was cold, but it's not one. (laughs) So I'm not sure anyone's going to be ready for this kind of cold.
5: The only person I could think of, Todd, that's ready for this cold is the Russian who went to the Pine Barrens, and we haven't seen him since, right? Like when he said, I bathed in this water, he's the only guy I know that's ready for this. And I don't think they have 46 guys like him on the team. If they did, they'd, they'd have a hell of a looking house because he's an interior decorator. All right, so let, let's, let's, talk about the, let's talk about the Chiefs here. Why, why should I believe this offense is going to be better? Like, what evidence has been out there that tells me they're just going to flip the switch and become an explosive team?
3: Hope, dreams, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, we've been asking the same thing for, for three months in Kansas City. And they did a nicer job, you know, down the stretch. They scored seven times against the Bengals. Now six seven more field goals. And then they rested everybody in the final game. So, I mean, I think they felt like they did enough in that game. It was like, okay, let's, let's rest the guys and have a good feeling because they did score seven times. But field goals aren't going to win, especially tonight in this cold. I, I just don't think you can depend on that. They have to score touchdowns. And I don't, I don't have, I, I, other than the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have a track record from, you know, last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, there's no track record this year of this offense doing anything. So, I, I mean, the, I guess your only hope, for Chiefs fans I think they're really going to turn it on is that that Bradley Chubb's not there. Jalen Phillips isn't there. Xavier Howard's not there. You know, there's no linebackers. Uh, The Dolphins were signing guys off the street. That's the hope on that end that the offense is going to like flip a switch. But I, I don't think you can prove that they flipped the switch until they flip the switch and they haven't flipped the switch this year. There's no question about that.
4: We're speaking with Todd Lebo, Chiefs reporter for Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City, talking all things Dolphins Chiefs, super wildcard game coming up later on tonight here. And it's interesting that you say that, Todd, because when you look in the betting markets in the futures, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I I think it's Mahomes' first year in 2018 was the last time that they've been around 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're always like 5 to 1, 6 to 1 among the favorites here. Like, is Super Bowl even in the equation this year based on what you've seen over the first uh, 17 games of this season? Well, listen, there's all kinds of dyed in the wool fans who are blinded by the fact that they just, you know, make it to the title game.
3: But it looks like this year, if they win this game today and Pittsburgh wins tomorrow, this will be the first time they've had to go on the road ever in the playoffs. And every single playoff game Patrick Mahomes has played without, you know, the Super Bowl when they had to play in Tampa, which was a sort of a true road game. But there were 20,000 people there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been at home. I mean, that's what it's been. So it's harder to go win on the road in the postseason. So they've never done that. I I think it would be very disappointing for this team if they lost today because the Dolphins team is so beat up. Mm. But if they go to Buffalo next week and lose to a Hot Bills team, a team that came in and won in Kansas City, I don't think that would be the end of the world here. But I I don't know how. uh, It's a wide-open Super Bowl year, right? You know, and – the hope that Chiefs fans have is, well, Josh Allen always loses the game, right? Lamar Jackson in the playoffs isn't any good. That, that's the hope. But like, like we said before, it's not so much that the Chiefs have done anything good. I think most Chiefs fans are just hoping that everyone else plays like they generally do in the postseason and the Chiefs find a way to win. But they're not going to go on the road in the postseason unless they win today.
5: Give us a health update. Like, we know Donovan Smith missed games. They've had a move around tackles. You know, they had Wayne Morris. Now he was hurt. He was starting left tackle. They moved Taylor over to left tackle. Where is their offensive line? And then what's your instinct on Kelsey? I know he said he's coming back next year. Is his lack of production a yard less than it was last year, not really getting double teamed by anybody? Is it injury-related, or do you think father time is creeping in?
3: Well, there's no question on that part. First father time is creeping in. I mean, he's 34 years old. He's caught a a thousand balls. Right. And he gets hit on all of them. He does. He's not a run out of bounds guy. So he gets hit a lot. So there's no question that injuries have taken its toll on him. I was standing right there on Thursday when he told us that there's no reason for him to stop playing. You know, but a lot of people say things. Who knows what happens in the offseason with him? He's got other options in his life that a lot of players won't have when they when they retire. Um, so I don't know what's going to go on there. I do think he's father time is caught up, but they, you know, there's no one to take attention away from him on this team either. Now the offensive line, Wanya Morris is out. He's in concussion protocol. He's not playing, but Donovan Smith practiced fully all week long. They expect him to play. So he'll be left tackle. Juwan Taylor will be right tackle. And it should be a regular line that they started the year with. I will tell you this about cold weather. Talk to Juwan Taylor in the locker room on Tuesday, went to Florida from Florida, played his first four years in Jacksonville. He said, there's no question it affects the warm weather teams when they come to the cold. And so here's the funny part. He says, yeah, last year when we came up, meaning Jacksonville to Kansas City, it was so cold. It was 37 degrees, guys. It was not one. <laughs> so it was 37 degrees, and uh, the Florida boy, native, right, was like, oh, man, it was cold. We, we didn't like it at all. I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. So we'll see if Jawan Taylor – Now, he's been here for a year, you know, six months. He's been living in this cold. I mean, the Dolphins got here last night. I'm sure they froze their butts off getting on the buses. They're going to freeze their butts off today getting on the bus at the hotel, getting off the bus, walking down the tunnel, all that stuff. And I'll know this. If one of them walks out there with their shirt off for warm-ups, I'll know they're beat. Don't be a Mm. hero. Put Mm. your clothes on. Come out and play football. You know what I mean? There's no – there's – Justin Reed was telling us that this week. He says, You're not going to see me out there. He said, I'm layered up. I'm doing it all. I'm not going to be some hero out there. That's not the way to go about this thing.
4: Yeah, I think people would push folks into traffic to get 37 degrees tonight versus the four below that we're going to see out there no at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, real quick here, Todd. Though I I know this is a storyline that's been talked about in the media. I'm curious to see if the guys in the locker room have talked about it. Tyreek Hill, of course, making his return to Arrowhead Stadium there since it's been a couple of years since he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Has there been anything said about that? Any sort of uh, Tyreek Hill, like not like motiv- every, everyone's motivated. It's the playoffs, but any sort of uh, something from that Kansas City Chiefs locker room about Tyreek Hill making his return to Arrowhead?
3: Well, you know, Patrick and Travis both played with him and they're friends, but they have not been texting this week, right? Uh, so, they're you know, it's game week on that front, but they all say they still love Tyreek. Andy Reid said Tyreek was a huge part of this team. Steve Spagnuolo uh, mentioned this week how you never saw anyone practice like Tyreek Hill practiced, you know, full speed at practice. And it just, you know, he's an amazing player. There's no question. Now the Chiefs made the choice last year to trade him because he wanted more money. It worked out for them. They've won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. But I think it's kind of catching up on them this year, not having that kind of weapon in the offense. But they're they're not taking that banner down from last year. And they did get a bunch of really good young players in the draft that are going to be part of this team. And at this point right now, Tyreek Hill's team didn't win a playoff game last year. And if the Chiefs beat them at home, then Tyreek Hill's going to go 0-2 in the playoffs. Now he's happy. He's making a lot of money. He's living in Florida where he wanted to live, all that kind of stuff. So his life is great. But I'm not so sure the Dolphins look like a team that is built to have a a long 17-game regular season because they have not been healthy. Either year heading into the playoffs, but there's a lot of respect here. Now, this game, when they played in the regular season, was in Germany. Many Chiefs fans felt like they were ripped off because they really wanted that game to be at home. So now they get their chance. About $40 will get you inside the stadium tonight. Be a lot cheaper than it would have been in November because it's so cold. So if you want to go out and watch Tyreek Hill, uh, more power to you, I will be in the press box where it's warm and I will do that part of it. I'm not standing outside
4: and this cold. I promise you.
5: Hey, Todd, you you raised an interesting point. I mean, are we going to have the usual, the Red Sea there? Every time I would go to Kansas City with the Raiders, I felt like I was going to downtown Moscow. I mean, I felt like it was nothing but red. And so, like, are are we going to have a full stadium with crowd noise? I mean, the tickets
3: are sold. Um, I got to tell you, uh, I think lots of – maybe people won't go out. Maybe they'll go there for a while. If the game's no good, they'll leave early. But this can't be as raucous. As other playoff games. It's just, you know, I mean, the cold, everyone's going to have four layers of gloves on. You know what I mean? It, it can't yeah, be I mean, allowed what's the
5: over under on beer, beer sales? I mean, uh, you know, last. I would take the under on beer sales. I'd take the over on hot chocolate.
3: <laughs> They're apparently, they have put in their release that there is going to be pre hot chocolate. Now, I don't know if that's while supplies last. Right. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what's going on. Buy
5: stock in Bailey's. Buy stock in Bailey's Irish Cream. That's what you got to do. <laughs> and I just sneak the little bottles in, put them in the hot chocolate. I'll tell you this, though. <laughs> put a little it's warmth. Six o'clock this morning, there are people out
3: there tailgating outside the gates waiting for the parking lot to open. Not the normal amount, but there are fools out there who have been there for four hours.
4: Unbelievable. Love it. Chiefs, kid, one of a kind. Great job, Todd. <laughs> Great stuff, Todd. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Matt Humans joins us next year on the Lombardi Live.
2: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpresscom with Amex.
5: Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbevathay, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Become a Vison Pro subscriber today and get an unlimited access to our vsin.com slash picks page. Picks like our buddy Matt Humans, who in the last segment let us know that he is on a Lone Stars teaser between the Texans and the Cowboys, teasing Houston up to eight, Cowboys down to one just to win the game. For more VSIN Pro picks, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. The Lombardi line will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi and hanging out here in Las Vegas. And final segment of the show, let's go down the board here, at least on the Sunday card with two games in the AFC with this wild card round getting underway this afternoon, starting in Houston where the Texans are two and a half point underdogs, total sitting at 45 here. I couldn't come up with anything side or total in this game. Michael, do you have a play side or total Browns-Texans? You you know, I hearken back to what I think is the way playoff football is going to go,
5: where it's a little bit slower. You know, each possession is really critical. Teams tend to be, I don't want to call it conservative, but they protect against losing, Mm -hmm. not trying to win, which I think is the right course of action. So for me, I kind of like the under a little bit in this game. I didn't really, Russo and I have our contest changes because we get to pick. We have six events we have to pick, which include the over-under totals. And the first one's worth sixty. The last worth one is worth ten. I think I had this in a twenty-point category. I think the under at forty-four and a half. Everybody thinks it's going to be an offensive explosion. I wasn't on that. I wasn't on that program. I, I didn't think so because I think ultimately you got to slow it down. I know John McLean said they want to shoot out. I think Singletary's going to have to run the football effectively for. Uh, for the the Texans. And I think the Browns can't put the ball in Flacco's hands 45 times or else it could be a mistake. And I think Schwartz will keep the pace of the game defensively for the Browns slower. So I like the under a little bit. If I lean toward a side, it would have been
4: Cleveland. Yeah, I think I I would lean Cleveland as well. Like we've been talking about all week long, first time quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. And in this game, if you're taking plus two and a half, you need Houston to pretty much win the game. I get that you can win on one or two, but those outcomes don't happen as often as like a a three. So you're pretty much betting on them to win. And I I don't want to bet on a rookie quarterback, even though he's phenomenal and he's at home and they'll have a lot of energy in that building. But I I would lean Cleveland Browns, but I don't have a play anything official in this game side or the total. Tonight, though, I do have a play in this one. Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, we're up to five in a lot of places. Four and a half is still the consensus number, but 43 and a half is where our total, that under has been getting hit uh, since open last Sunday. Yeah, this is my 60-point play in the Russo
5: contest because I really like it. I think the weather is going to be such a factor. They played in ideal conditions in Germany. It was 21-14. The Chiefs haven't scored in the second half you know they're under in the second half is 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 on a on a heater and i think to me i've seen no evidence to think that they have improved in that area in terms of moving the football and for all the conversation about miami's defense being weakened it's true but they still have a few strengths to make mahomes have to hold the football and create some problems and i think fangio knows how to handle that so I'm not sure either team is going to be very productive moving the football and with the weather, and when you cut down field goal range, I mean remember, Miami beat Dallas with three 50 plus yard field goals. Perfect condition. You're not trying a 50yard field goal today in Kansas City. Whether it's the wind, whether it's the element, whether it's the ball being frozen solid. It makes it very challenging, and catching the ball. Look, the Chiefs can't catch the ball when it was nice. They led the league in drops. (laughs) Now it's cold. They're going to start catching. I I just – I'm
4: not buying it, Femi. Femi. And I think not just catching the football, but also just ball security in general. Like That ball is slick when it's really cold outside. I mean, I think we're going to see some fumbles in this game on both sides of this thing. Like that could be a storyline of maybe it's a big turnover or something like that. that gives the team a short field and turnovers, as we've mentioned, can be the difference. Short yardage is turnovers is being able to control those things. That's typically who determines who wins this game here. Uh, I'm buying it at least for this week on the Kansas City side here. Um, I went ahead and laid four. I would not lay five. I think that's getting a little bit to be too much here. But I just I'm going to go one last time to the well with Mahomes and Reed here at a home playoff game. And also just fading the Dolphins with the injuries, the weather situation. I I think it's going to be a five Mississippi game. And I trust Mahomes to, to make the second play enough to go ahead and cover this number here. And I don't trust what we're going to see on the other side with Tua and that offense there. I know Miami can run the football. That could be an advantage for them in this situation. But I laid four with the Kansas City Chiefs tonight at home uh, in what will be frigid temperatures at Arrowhead Stadium.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, it, it, one bounce, one wrong bounce, it can go your way. But I'm just going to play the percentages. And and knowing that the playoffs are a fifty 59% under situation, mm-hmm. I'd lean
4: that way. Yeah. No, maybe it's 20 to 13 and the, and the under comes home and and then I can go ahead and get my money yeah. as well. with <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you'll give out your plays for Sunday coming up tomorrow. Stormy will be back here tomorrow to preview the three game super wildcard weekend. But uh, I have a couple of plays, uh, one for tomorrow and then one Monday night. Uh, my play for tomorrow, I laid nine and a half with Buffalo and it's not the prettiest play because the weather is bad. And in fact, the number is down to nine. You can even lay a better number than that. But I just Mason Rudolph making his first start on the road in western New York. The conditions are bad so maybe that brings the the Buffalo Bills down to the pack a little bit here in this situation but I trust Buffalo's run game what they can do with Allen and also what they can do with Dalvin, not Dalvin Cook, sorry, but James Cook uh, in that backfield. He's been able to be a a really good running back for them. That offensive lines have been a little bit more physical than what we've seen and of course the on-off splits with TJ Watt. The injuries to Watt that he has, he's missing this game. The Steelers are 1-11 straight up without TJ Watt in his career. Uh, I went ahead and and laid it with Buffalo because I don't see the path for Pittsburgh to win this game, borrowing four or five turnovers from the Buffalo Bills. Well, there's never been a two seed lose to a seven seed since we started this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's only been
5: recently. So there's not a lot of huge sample size, but if there's ever going to be a game where Watts influence may not be felt, it's when you have 50 mile an hour winds and nobody can throw the football. Right. Yeah. The one thing you can do now, what's going to change the wind is going to change how you approach formations so when you're an 11 personnel like the Buffalo Bills love to be in, I can't imagine the Steelers are going to go to their nickel. Like They're not going to give them the nickel front so they can run the ball. They're going to play their base defense, walk their linebacker out on the slot and say, okay, try throwing the ball in this stuff, right? Try throwing it in this stuff. And all of a sudden, Watt isn't as, has to be as much of a factor because they're not playing against an 11 team. They're playing against a team trying to run the ball. So I do think there is a chance that – As devastating as losing Watt can be, if the wind is going to be as severe as we suspect, that doesn't really affect Pittsburgh as much. Certainly, you can't lose a blue chip player like this. But if you can't throw the ball in the wind, neither team is going to ever get to their nickel defense, no matter how many receivers they put on the field, because they're just going to say, try throwing it. Like, try throwing it into this win. We'll break on the ball. We'll play cover three, and we'll just break on the ball. So, it's strong, even though he has a strong arm. So, I don't understand how the correlation with this line hasn't moved the number a little bit, especially it was seven and a half, and then the Watt news came, and it shot up to 10. You know, look, if it was normally a game where both teams were were playing indoor, say they had an indoor stadium in Buffalo, I, I, I could see taking the 10, and I think this is Buffalo's game, but... Anything can happen. New England went in there, did, ran, threw it three times, and won the game 14-10.
4: That is true. <laughs> Maybe Bills fans should be clamoring for that new stadium to be indoors. It's not going to be indoors. I think the fans will be covered, but the field will not be covered at least. And then my, my final play for Wildcard Weekend, Monday Night Football, we talked about it earlier in the show, but I played the under, under 44. At 43, I think... I kind of still like it at 43 as well there. But uh, under 44 is my official play, though, in the Eagles and Buccaneers. Both quarterbacks banged up here. Now A.J. Brown is out for the Philadelphia Eagles. We've actually seen more two-and-a-halves pop up in terms of the side. I have nothing on the side. I'd lean Philly just because I don't trust to hurt Baker Mayfield in this game. But in terms of the total, I went under 44 for Monday night.
5: Yeah, I, I, I think I did this for 10 points on the under with Russo. I, I don't disagree with your logic here. I, I just don't have enough confidence that, that Tampa's offense, which scores nine points against Carolina, has to kick three field goals, is going to be able, even against a bad Philadelphia defense. You yeah. know, I just don't know. Now, it's a tough matchup for Philly, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Because they can't cover these receivers. But unlike the Arizona game, where James Conner really carried Arizona to victory, are we sure that the Bucs are going to call enough runs or have enough quality runs to, beat, to attack this Philadelphia Eagle defense, run defense, which has been on a severe decline since the beginning of the season? That, to me, is the question. You know, can, they run, can Tampa run the football? They haven't been able to do it all year.
4: They're 32nd in the league in rushing. They can't run the ball. They couldn't run it last year. Yeah, I think we'll see a sloppy game offensively, and there's expected to be some rain, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, I have a buddy down in Tampa; he's been telling me, "Hey, the rain's coming in this game. First half, it's going to be raining. Rained a little bit in the game earlier this season in Week Three as well. So which maybe if, the
5: you know affects it. Look with the, with your middle finger, which is on the football. If there's any pain and it's a slippery ball, remember you, you know the play of the Super Bowl game. Hertz moved the ball from his left hand to his right hand, and that cost him the, that touchdown went into yeah. play. You know, so you you know th- these are the things that you worry about, especially with if you don't have that middle finger. We saw we saw Justin Herbert.
4: Now he fractured it, but it, it affected him the whole season. Which underdog is most likely to win outright outside of Houston? Like, take them out of the equation. Which dog is most likely to win?
5: You know, I think Green Bay could be the one everybody's going to take the Rams. What I worry about the Rams, Sam Femi, is everybody's on the Rams. And I know this. When everybody's on something, it never
4: happens. (laughs) All right, Michael. Enjoy the games today and Sunday. I'll talk to you on Monday. Live Bet Saturday with JVT and Pam Maldonado is coming up next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.